0: And now, part two of In the Room, episode one, a podcast about theater, web series, and other fun things hazardous to your health. The Dramatic Conclusion, with Greg Macklin and Joe Luis Cedillo. We both have an interest in sort of the personal history and also the, the broader
1: picture history, and I think... Well, I think it's because we both, we both look at our craft as a means of engaging with the world. Yes, I mean that's one. I mean we are two different personalities. Yes, we're very two different artistic temperaments. I mean <laughs> we tried to collaborate on his script, and that didn't go over so well. That but will be a fun. That will be a
0: fun podcast. The podcast will be structured in roughly chronological order. So we'll get to Dreams from a Dead
1: City in probably I don't know
0: ten weeks, maybe <laughs> maybe if we're lucky. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I think the thing that's really important is is that we both engage with the world through our art. Yes. I mean I would consider myself a very flawed individual but as an artist I feel at times very complete and I know that the only thing that completes me is, is when I'm working on something or I'm writing something or I'm working on someone else's project I mean that's the thing is I will not work on something unless I really believe yeah because I can't half it. I did work at the LA theater and one of the things that I found was a lot of a lot of the selection that went into work. It has to vibe with the artistic director. If the artistic director cannot make a connection to it, how are you going to tell a $13.1 million, uh, f- $15 million institution, oh yeah, this is what we're going to do because we'll put butts in seats? <laughs> you have to have something that you vibe off of. It has to speak to you in a certain way. Um, Subject to Fits was a great work that I was introduced to in my working at The Alley. The artistic director was like, I think I want to do this. Um, and. And I remember me and him kind of, I, I, I read it overnight because I was brand new to the place and he showed me and I was like, this is amazing, yes, you have to do this. And I remember being at the table and it was like, I think I, think I, I was an enthusiastic supporter and I, I remember that the room changed and part of the room changing was the artistic director and, and, and hopefully my enthusiasm about the project. And it was really, it was a great play. It was actually one of those plays that if you happen to have have a subscription to American Theater, look up the images from it. It was, it was really kind of, a, it's an odd little work, but a work that is so kind of, um, and, and, and it is artistically interesting, but also very interesting in terms of, it's, it's an identity piece. It's, it's, a, it's a, oh man, I, I hope I'm phrasing it correctly, but it is uh, an interpretation, a literary in, interpretation of Dostoevsky's *The Idiot*. Hmm. Um, I think that's the tagline. I could be wrong about that. Hopefully, well, I can we look it to, up. We <laughs> don't get to like rechange it. Okay. At some point, Greg's voice will just chime in here. Uh, it is this. Well, we can also post the
0: link in the description. But I'll look it up. The subject uh a It's by
1: Robert Montgomery. I want to say. Okay. It, the, the playwright's name is, but, but yeah, it, it, we we basically we. Sp- I think, in a way, we sing about the world that we're in through our work. And that's Because we're vibing off of it constantly. I think you're much more engaged in some ways than I am. I
0: possibly, yes and no. I would say I'm possibly more of a sellout. Because I'm more... Or no, I'm more... I do I also am very interested in the entertainment perspective and how to entertain an audience. And I'm I
1: actually and that's the thing is I don't dismiss the audience but mine's so much more of a personal, somewhat closed loop kind of a journey that I think that that it's definitely integral to, to me to be able to vibe off of you. I vibe off of my collaborators, which is why I'm very I've been very lucky in terms of being able to organize the teams and it's, I always think of it as like building a family yes of the people who you invite in that come into this because this stuff is so important to us yeah. and and I, we're not in it to make money obviously <laughs> um, we're, we're unfortunately I'm a little too pure of an artist in that way but but it's about the journey and I think that the journeys I'm always interested in the journeys that you take me on with your work and I'm not always sure where I'm going with mine <laughs> Well,
0: and then sometimes I see, I love to watch your journey, and my notes will usually be, yeah, just clarify this and clarify that.
1: Yeah, because it's... It, go ahead. Uh, well, it's a
0: push-pull, because you don't want to give the audience too much, and I think you're really good at forcing the audience to sort of jump in and ask questions, so it's all about finding that balance.
1: And I think that's the thing, is I think I will prefer a questioning audience and somehow being able them to vibe off of what the questions are, and I think you're almost... The op- not the opposite, but you want to engage the audience, and you want to, to take them someplace. Yep, which I think that's could true. could come to a question. Yeah, and um, theater is one of the
0: few theater is one of the few art forms you can do that. I think I think web is capable of that. I haven't seen it in too many web series, but I'm going to give a shout out to one I really like, The Booth at the End, starring Xander Berkeley, which is a nifty little drama. And as long as we're talking about good teams, we should give a shout out to the design team from *This Is Your Life*, which is Eli Wilkinson, lighting designer, Aaron Duffy, costume designer, and
1: it was Alex Rulon. Alex Rulon. Yeah, Alex Rulon. was the first sound. time we worked, worked together. Yeah, and I still we still stayed. Me and Alex still stayed in touch via Facebook. Yeah, and
0: he's out in he's out in Denver now doing theater. So yeah, those three we really say great hi. sound designer. Lane Sheets, he walked in, and I was like, eh, he's all right. And you said, we're calling him back definitively. Do you remember what you told me? Because I remember it, but I want to see if you remember That he could be truthful. Simple and truthful. I was like, oh. And that was such an... And I had already had a bunch of plays directed, but that was a really eye-opening moment for me as a playwright to, like, have somebody from another perspective in the casting room. Well, I think yeah. that also
1: comes from my my there's this uh, Gustavo well, and he has Theater of the Oppressed, and one of the things is sort of... I, I took a workshop with Matisse, and, and it is sort of that 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 being able to live truthfully in the moment, but but it, it is definitely about... You're not acting. You're, you're indulging, like, these emotions. I mean, when we deal with real-life situations, if we're angry, you don't get to be angry. You yeah. just have to put on the mask and, like, whatever that civil civil face that you have for those particular moments and say, yes sir, you may have another chip.
0: Or particularly in the theater or web world when you're trying to do uh, low budget stuff <laughs> and you're yeah. not paying the actors so you have no hold over them. Well, leverage, <laughs> but,
1: but I think it's being able to, to, to in, in essentially indulge that. Um, I was going to make a bigger case with it, but I think it just becoming a Professor Poopypants kind of rant, and, and I'll stop it there. But no, also James Black Associate artistic director for the Alley Theater. He would do, in Houston,
0: Texas. Yeah, he
1: would do the the non-equity auditions, and he would say, all I'm looking is for someone just to be truthful, to be able to, to convey truth, because it's it's so hard to be simple." Actors will come in and they have take audition classes, or they have what I always think of it as like an actor voice. They talk and they're really normal, but yet when they get up on stage, suddenly the diction changes, mm-hmm. and their emotional intonations start to kick in, and then you start to like. Then it starts to feel like something else, and Lane was very open and simple and honest. He's actually a a really good singer, too.
0: Yeah, and he has a band, and if he's out there, Lane, if you want to post a link to your band, you should feel free. (laughs) But he
1: also, he, in a way, reminded me of you.
0: Well, right, and we should say that Lane was playing a character based on me in This Is Your Life. There's a whole present-day sequence where the character based on me is having a quarter-life crisis, in quotes, and wants to look back to his parents' relationship to see what worked.
1: I mean, and if you're getting all that, I mean, it's complicated enough. So, I, <laughs> I, I, but I think at Greg's core, he's a very simple, loving guy, who who is always who's always trying to get into the bigger group. And I think that's the thing is I think one of the explorations of of, of this is who am I and how did I get here, as envisioned through this whole going back, seeing your parents, traveling through time, kind of thing. But he also takes his sister along too.
0: Yes, who is the much uh, much more sensible, saner
1: scientist type? Yeah, and <laughs> also based in reality. the actress we had for that was was also very very good. And she was very she was very sweet, but she was very truthful and and very honest. And that was Maggie Scranton. So. Yeah, I mean we were very we were very blessed with our cast. When we you know at Iowa and even beyond that. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. one of the things that it comes down to casting is you're not it's not it's not a look. You know, we're not. I don't. I think actors can convey something. for certain material, yeah. I mean, if we want to make sure that it's like you know, we want to be honest in that in, in that way. I, I, I have issues. I have issues all the time with sort of like you see someone come up and it's like, dude, that's not who that is. That's someone Puerto Rican play Mexican, and only a Mexican <laughs> can tell. But you can tell. And I think you should... Well, or
0: more, more egregiously, um, as good as the movie looks to be, Argo, the uh, the hero in real life is a Latino, the hero in the movie is played by the very white Ben Affleck.
1: So how, how is the podcast going to get put out there when you talk shit about Ben
0: Affleck? I like Ben Affleck. I've liked him as a director since Gone Baby Gone, but it is worth noting, you know.
1: So, so is this how we make our street cred, is you, you, you bust the chops of the guy who was Goodwill Hunting's writing team? <laughs> by the way, I like that script, but I'm, I'm just saying... That's how we're going to make our bones. Is we're going to take down Ben Affleck. We are. We're, we're, we're going to. politely we're going to Matt Damon is going to show up ben in one of the Twitter. podcasts and beat the shit That'd out of you. Be, well, that would that would make for
0: a very high rated podcast. So, Matt Damon, if you're out there, please come over and beat me up, and then we can talk he's about politics beat the and great
1: stuff by, by doing the monologue with the baby seal thing <laughs> from Goodwill Hunting. He's going to do the monologue as he's beating you with the baby seal, and he's going to say, "This is for my lover, Ben." <laughs> Perhaps we should um, uh,
0: also post links to I'm screwing Matt Damon and I'm screwing Ben Affleck and
1: keeping it... I'm just saying, I'm cool with the heterosexual life partner. You're the one who's skewing the lines, buddy. I
0: I don't even like that phrase. They're not paying
1: for our comedy. They're not paying for our routines. (laughs) So, casting, but I also, too, one of the things is you live in Los Angeles. I I always think it's funny when you have these major metropolitan... Cities and then you have people who say, "Oh, we couldn't find such and such an actor." Really? There's no (laughs) black actors in the metropolitan areas of of Los Angeles. La, one of
0: the most diverse cities in the world. (laughs) Or,
1: or you know, there's no Asian actors in the San Diego market. I mean, please, come on.
0: Which happened recently with the theater production, but I can't. I'm not going to name it. It's La Jolla Playhouse,
1: and Ah. it was. It was. it was Han Christian Anderson, The Nightingale, I want to say. They were doing, they claimed like a treatment of it where they were uh, wanting to make it more fairy tale esque. I mean, I think the problem is, is like, okay, so the justification is, well, because he wrote it way back when, when no one knew about the Asian culture or had any exposure to it, that makes it okay. Um, I think there was a certain candidate who no. ran on that kind of a platform Yeah, got ass
0: kicked no there was some, no it was even worse I was thinking of um, the motherfucker with the hat where they cast um, I don't hear about this oh yeah they cast um, white people in the um New Yorican roles? roles? Really? Puerto Rican roles? Yes. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I'll see if I can find and there's a huge like um, the playwright um, Stephen Adly Stephen Adly got involved and was like, "What what are you doing?" So,
1: and that's the thing is it, it's you know, you have to there's this, there's a certain there's a certain um, audiences come into a theater and they withhold their disbelief. But to sort of add this other Layer to it, it's just it's too much. It's too much, and you're much better off being honest. And that's the thing that I think at the end of the day, artistic integrity and honesty is the best way to play it. I mean, we had a situation where we were going to cast a certain way, and I would have rewritten the character, but and I mean, we had a great actress come in. She did a kick-ass job. We will not name names. <laughs> and and the thing was though, it was I was going to change the role. To fit, as opposed to the way it was written, which was for 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 the, that character to be a certain way, and and I think we had a discussion. The conversation was like, do we keep looking? And I was like, yeah, we keep looking, and and actually, it it I, I think it, it, we got a great actress who's in that part now. Yep. But it, it it was a lesson to me in terms of like, no, you have to stick. In a way, it was weird because it was the writer and the director in conflict. It's like. The, the, well, the writer, director, and the producer the producer's like, yeah, she's good, let's just <laughs> cast it we're done um, the director and me telling the writer, no, no I think she's going to be able to do the job you know, you just had to make some tweaks and the writer basically sitting there saying, I don't know. <laughs> I it's so we're down to the wire, I need to make a choice. Yeah, because I mean, it was it was late in the process and we really wanted to start rehearsals. But... And that's the thing is I think I'm one of the guys who always advocates you know, I, I call my role sometimes being the axe man. I just go and it's like what's gotta get done and make the decision. Yep. And I'm really I really like to pull the trigger when it's like, No, this is great, we'll just pull the trigger and in this instance I held back, which was probably what I'm starting to learn—you always learn something. I held back, and you know we—the process—and I think the production benefited from it, from basically sticking to it and trying to be uphold the standards of honesty and integrity, um, which I'm sure some people will have issues with. because, Like you're not honest, man. I am, I am, I am. I really try, I really try. But we were talking about something before that I wanted to comment. Oh. About theater and about web series, I think they are an immediate art, which is yes. the thing that we sh- that those they should embrace. I think of like the musicals for Proposition A. Yes, I mean that was such an uh, A. It was like a really great community uh, initiative for everyone to come together, but it engaged with something topical, and it was good. It was really well done, and I think that's something that I th- that I think theaters lost, and I think that's one of the things that we came to- we come together as. A like mine in terms of like no we want to do stuff we had dreams from a dead city which we'll talk about later Yep. but we want we, it was about apps
0: go ahead you, you, pause. oh I was gonna say no this is um yes but yeah dreams from a dead city about sort of technology and um, seven eight nine also about the economic crisis and one of the things you can look at Mike Daisy for this but professional theater has gotten really really calcified and safe. It's, you're not seeing, because there's so much money on the line there, you're not seeing new plays, you're not seeing risk-taking plays, which is how you get at the political stuff and at the social stuff.
1: And it's a lot of navel-gazing. I mean, really, it's it's about, like, this human condition kinds of stuff, where, yeah, I do agree that there is, there is something that draws you into that, but no, a Streetcar Named Desire operates on so many different levels, and I think one of the th- ways that I engage with the work is it's, like, looking at how the old... Plantation genteel society is not able to take root in like what the, the rawness of that of the urban is. I mean, yeah, that's some sort of a bigger academic um, over tapas in Pasad- old town Pasadena discussion <laughs> after the show. But that's why we go see theater. I mean, if you're going and you're watching basically sitcom fair, it's the greatest sitcom writers of America, folks, and they're dumbing you down. You're sure, she gets she's going to get the guy in the end. The two men are going to hook up. There's going to be a marriage, and 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 I think it, it plays in the truisms, you know, love conquers all, um, or even even worse cliches. Please. Yeah, well truisms are cliches. Yeah, and it's just like it's not really pushing, and and I think the problem is is sometimes I push so much I alienate the audience, and they kind of want to leave. But <laughs> but I'd rather be pushing you out as opposed to saying I'm going to make the most vanilla cake. I can actually, it's not even vanilla anymore, it's like a cracker, and it's gonna be like the most blandest cracker, but you're gonna come and you're gonna eat my cracker, you're gonna love my cracker, because everyone off-Broadway loved the cracker, and it's gonna play well in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, today's lessons, I
0: think, on a metaphysical level- Oh no, are we gonna have to kill Kenny now? We're not gonna kill Kenny. There's no Kenny. (laughs) Not around, at least I can say. Sorry, Trey Parker. Yeah, but yes, the South Park moment. Um, Simple and truthful in actors. Look for directors who look at the big picture. Say yes. Be ready to say yes quickly in 48 hours or less. Um, And practical note, plastic is very, very useful. Rolled up plastic at Home Depot. And the clip lights, red, yellow, and blue, so you can start to build your own light kit. Um, Oh, Probably say something about coming to see the show. Yes, seven eight nine. All right, so seven eight nine is uh. Joe's newest play, all about a home invasion robbery gone horribly wrong. Our horribly newest ride. play, because it is a Company of Strangers production. It is a Company of Strangers production. I am uh, I am a producer on it and proud to produce it. It's at He's um, the Money Guy. Yes, it's at five twenty Northwestern Ave, also known as Studio Stage in Hollywood. Um South Cross Street is uh two blocks south of Melrose and there is free available street parking, which is important for LA. Yes. And it runs starting tomorrow night, uh Thursday, Friday, Saturday at eight PM, Sundays at five PM through December uh December fifteenth.
1: We will have a special engagement on Saturday, December eighth at the Actuchas Cafe. It's where I started I do as working as a as a, on my own as a, as a theater professional. So there won't be a show in Hollywood on this Saturday, December 8th. We'll have it at the Atchutchess Cafe. Uh which is where? That's in Silmar. In um, Silmar. It's on Gladstone Avenue, Silmar, uh, off of the one off of the 210 freeway. Um we'll be happy to you can look it up. If, <laughs> oh, website. If you want to reserve
0: tickets for seven eight nine, there's two ways to do it. You can call the number eight one eight two eight eight two one two three. You can also talk to Joe because that's his cell phone number. O-
1: tell him that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I can edit that out. That's <laughs> uh, fine. Tell <laughs> you okay. they have to
1: call somehow.
0: Yeah, and it's or you can email. Is it Stranger Company?
1: You stranger, want to came up with the name. stranger
0: company at gmail.com.
1: I know we wanted a company of strangers could find it, and yeah. We continued, and actually, I left it to you for a while, and you found the right combo that would work. Yep, for Gmail. Yep, we'll have a website
0: soon, You we oh, promise. And but we do have a Facebook page and a Twitter account, and you can follow both Joe and I personally on Twitter. But tickets are only fifteen dollars. They are thirteen dollars if you are a student, a senior, a veteran, or a union member. They are free if you are an industry person or critic who wants to review us.
1: Yes. Um, and or a cast an agent or that kind of thing. One yes. of the things that we always have as a company policy is anyone who's coming to, to, to view in terms of industry contact, it's it's not just about us. It's you know, it's not you have to balance personal ambition with aspiration. I want my actors to be seen. I want them to get like move on to, to good work because then they can come back to us. And I think it only makes us better as artists to go on these other journeys to professionalize ourselves. Yep. So yeah, if you're an industry person, come on down, have have a conversation, meet our meet our actors, use our lighting designer. I think she's great. Yes,
0: uh, the lighting designer is uh, May Mitchell. May Mitchell and uh, our stage manager is Aaron Africa Aaron McBride Aaron Africa. McBride Africa another three names and our uh, uh, Jay Africa, right? Africa <laughs> productions. so yes yeah, so that is 789 this has been the first podcast of In the Room I hope you enjoyed listening we'll try to have one of these uh, every week <laughs> sure. but they're going to be a lot shorter <laughs> sure they will <laughs> maybe we'll do one a month I don't know <laughs>
1: We'll, see. we'll but, see how this one gets received.
0: Yeah, stay tuned Stay tuned for the next one.
1: Uh, I'm Greg Macklin. I'm Joe Luis Cedillo. Oh, and also, too, if you want to give us feedback, definitely hit us up on the Stranger Company at Gmail account.
0: Yes, for anything. Or uh, feedback on the podcast, or if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, or have any questions for us to answer in the coming weeks. Or if you'd like to ask theater, Greg
1: out on a date. I think this this guy's
0: great that too thank you for the endorsement you can email me directly at (laughs) gregmacklin m-a-c-h-l-i-n at gmail.com I was going to do that before you plugged me for a date (laughs) (laughs) we'll see which
1: works better our artistic careers or our personal dating careers
0: and on that note uh, this is Company of Strangers signing off And this is just a reminder to check the description of this episode for various links, including a link to the web series The Booth at the End, information on Robert Montgomery's play Subject to Fits, and instructions on how to see the world premiere of 789 here in L.A. Also, various links to our uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us on both. And if you have a question you want answered at the podcast, shoot an email to gregmacklin at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-H-L-I-N. Thanks for listening.